Well, good morning. It is good to have you all here this morning. We begin our service by singing the doxology, which is found in the red hymnal, number 549. The doxology, number 549. Do not be worried and upset, Jesus told them. Believe in God and believe also in me. There are many rooms in my Father's house, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. I would not tell you this if it were not so. And after I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to myself so that you will be where I am. You know how to get to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way to get there? Jesus answered him, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one goes to the Father except by me. Now that you have known me, he said to them, you will know my Father also. And from now on you do know him, and you have seen him. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 218, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Number 218, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Drive away the 
Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Our gracious God, we come before you just as we are. Lord, you know of the concerns that we have within our own individual lives, the things that we are trying to overcome, the challenges that we are facing. Lord, the physical needs that we have, the emotional needs that we have, the spiritual needs that we have, the financial needs that we have. Lord, you remind us again and again that you care about all of those needs for us. But Lord, as we come before you in prayer, we are reminded of this one thing, that you want what is best for each and every one of us in our lives. And God, it is my prayer this morning, and it is my hope of the prayer of everyone that is here, that we do not want something from you, God, unless it is the best for us. And allow that, God, to be on our hearts, be on our minds, be on our thoughts. That we don't want to ask for anything, God, that is not the best for us. And Lord, I know that many times I have. I've asked for the things that I wanted, not for the things I needed. I allowed my own pride, my own arrogance, get in the way of the best relationship that I could possibly have with you. And Lord, I'd ask that you would forgive me for that. Because I do not want anything in my life unless it is the best that could possibly be. Lord, we think of the needs of family members and of friends. We think of the patients here throughout this medical center. We lift them up to you in prayer. We lift the staff that is working here today, the family members that will be visiting. And in the same way that we have offered our prayers, Lord, we ask that they would offer the same prayers to you, that they would truly understand and see that you do have their best interest at heart and allow that same prayer to be on their thoughts and minds and hearts, that they don't want anything that is less than best from you. Lord, we are so grateful that you give us this wonderful opportunity to come and worship you here in this chapel. We do not take it for granted, and we just praise you for that. And we are so thankful that you taught us to pray, God, by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for praying with me this morning. Our next hymn is number 233.
Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Psalms, 78, beginning with verse 70. He chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheep pens. From tending the sheep, he brought him to be a shepherd of his people, Jacob, of Israel, his inheritance. And David shepherded them with integrity of heart and skillful hands he led them. Amen. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are so thankful that you've given us this opportunity just to continue our act of worship. And Lord, accept it, because we are worshiping you, God. And we are so thankful for the relationship that we have with you in Christ. Accept our worship now. And Lord, help me say those things that we all need to hear so that we can draw closer to you. In Christ's name, amen. Well, in all full disclosure here this morning, I'm going to test drive a sermon here. Because I'm actually going to be giving this sermon in two weeks up in Chicago. And I thought, well, I can't think of a better audience that I can test drive a sermon to see how it works out, to see how good it's going to be. At least I hope it's going to be good. And I always try to make sure that it's always good. But I'm going to test drive a sermon for you this morning. And it really focuses on the integrity of heart that David had. And that's why David called him to be the king of Israel and to lead the people of Israel through very difficult times. And it's the focus of the integrity of heart that I'm going to speak to you this morning. And what does it mean to have integrity of heart? I saw a definition a couple of weeks ago where it talked about the word integrity and what it meant was that you want something better for someone else and that you would do all the things that you can to help that person achieve the things that they want to achieve within their own personal lives. Integrity. Integrity meaning that you want to do something for other people, persons, somebody that you love, somebody that you care for, and that you strive to make all those things happen that they need to have happen so they can be successful within their own lives. Kind of a different definition for integrity in which we think about it in terms of being truthful and being honest, and I think it is part of that, but I think the definition of integrity, at least here, really means that David wanted to do the best that he could possibly do for God and was going to do all the things that he should do to have that integrity, to do what is best for God in all of the circumstances that he found himself in. Integrity of the heart. But how do we get to that place? How do we get to that place where we are open and honest with God when we have that integrity of heart, which we actually endeavored and strive for the good and the best for others instead of the good and best for ourselves. And there's a conflict in that. Because I know that when I am striving to do the good and best for someone else, I'm going to be giving something else up. And that that something else is going to be about me. I might be giving something else that maybe I truly want, not need, as we talked about before in prayer, earlier this morning. But integrity means giving up other things 
so that people can have what they need in their lives and striving to do that. And that means we put ourselves aside. We show all humility before God. We show all humbleness before God. And it does not mean that we don't have strength. It does not mean that we don't have courage. But there's something very unique when we humble ourselves before God. We humble ourselves before others. There's a transformation that takes place. When we say within our own individual lives, God, I want to put this other person ahead of me in terms of what my needs are, what my wants are. And Lord, I want you to bless them. And when we find ourselves being in second, third, fourth, or fifth place, or even last, because the scriptures tell us, right, he who's going to be first, right, needs to be last, the last of attitude, wanting the best for others. Sometimes we find ourselves struggling with that because we don't want to be humble. We don't want to show humility to others because we have our pride, we have our courage, we have who we are as a human being. And we want to be respected just as much as anyone else. But it's hard for us to have an attitude in which we put ourselves behind others. But yet, that is what God wants us to do. So the question I ask for you and for me this morning, as we have an integrity of heart, how do we serve God and why do we serve God? Do we serve God in such a way that we find ourselves in a sense of being slaves to God? God does not want us to be slaves for Him. Servants, perhaps, serving the Master, but we are not slaves. In fact, how I know if you think you are a slave in terms of your relationship with God is if you have a lot of fear that is taking place in your life right now. If you are fearing circumstance, if you are fearing people, if you are fearing today's events, if you are fearing the future, if you are fearing the past, the relationship that you have is not the relationship that God wants you to have. Because if you ask yourself that question, why am I overcome by all of these fears, is I would say to you that you're probably feeling that you are somehow in bondage to God. God does not want us to be in bondage with Him. God does not want us to be slaves. He wants us to be servants. But that's different. That's different. And so if you are overwhelmed by a lot of fears this morning, I want to challenge you that perhaps you do not have the relationship that God wants you to have with Him. And we'll talk about how to get out of that slavery mode. But you don't want to have that attitude. You don't want to be in fear. The other relationship that we can have with God is one in which we find ourselves being a mercenary. A mercenary for God. We are in our relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, because we think that we can get a lot of good things out of that relationship. And it's all about us. It's all about get, 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 get. It's all about our own individual desires. It's all about the placement that we can have with God, because we want to follow Him, not because of the right desires, because, but because of the mercenary desires that we have. 
that we want we get as much as we possibly can from God. We want to take, 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 take. And we don't want to give anything in return. Being a mercenary for God. It's all about the benefits of being a Christian and not really serving God or loving God. But then the proper relationship that God wants us to have and which really does reflect the integrity of a heart is one in which we have charity about our relationship with God. And charity is the biblical definition of charity. And what that means, it's the highest form of love that we can have with God. The highest form of love that we can have with God. So if we have an attitude of charity, an attitude in which we have the highest form of love that we can have between God and man in the relationship that we have with His Son, Jesus Christ, then we truly do have integrity of the heart. And that's what David had. And if you're familiar with the story of David, he got in trouble a little later on, didn't he? Because he was no longer living by the integrity of heart that God had called him to be. He started to be a slave. And then, in and out of that, he became a mercenary. And then we see, finally, he comes back to God with one in which the charity of heart, in terms of understanding the proper love and relationship that he had with him. But God wants us to have that form of highest love possible between ourselves and God. He wants us to experience it. He wants us to see it. And maybe it's not in the physical form that you and I would like to see it, but I think there's a spiritual understanding that transcends all of the different human understanding and knowledge and wisdom that we can have. Understanding that as God is there with us, and He is with us this morning, He is here with us in this chapel, that we experience God in a very special way. Understanding that God is outside of time, but yet he is in time. You and I, we are finite, right? Because we can only deal with our physical surroundings at this particular place in time. God is with us in time right now, here in this chapel. He's with each and every one of us individually. He's also in the past, and he's also in the future. And many times it's hard to wrap our head around that, to understand how God is God. But I think if we make the attempt to understand that God is God and He's there wherever God wants to be, He's everywhere, I think it addresses the integrity of heart that God wants us to have. To see and show that as we walk with God that we want to be, have that reverence for God. That we want to be one with God in such a way and we acknowledge that He is worthy of praise that he is worthy of the reverence and the adoration that he wants us to give to him. Not because we have to, but because we want to. Not because we are slaves, not because we are mercenaries, but because we have the highest form of love between God and man, the charity that he wants us to have that we see within that relationship the respectfulness that God wants us to have, the mercy that God gives each and every one of us, the mercy that you and I do not deserve, 
the mercy that we experience when we know that we have just made mistakes and we have really messed it up. And we see that within our own sorrow there is God with us to give us that mercy. To give us that acknowledgement that the relationship that we have with God has not changed because of what we have done. It stays the same. But yet within that mercy we have that sense of sorrow. We have that sense of grief. And we ask God to forgive us because we've been so stupid. And we say, God, thank you for showing and demonstrating that mercy to me. Being respectful of the relationship that God wants us to have. And then we can truly see that as we begin to do that, we have that trust that God wants us to have. That God is the light and is our salvation. And because of that, we have that relationship that has that highest form of love. You and I are not slaves to God. We do not need to live in fear under any circumstance. Because we're trusting God in that highest form of love, the charity that He wants us to have. Understanding that God is the stronghold of all of the things within our own lives. And that you and I should never be afraid what a life that would be if you and I could have that attitude of not being afraid not being afraid of our past not being afraid of today not being afraid of the future because we know we have a relationship with God the way God wants it with that highest form of love And we just say to God, God, you know, I just love you and I appreciate you and I thank you for all the things that you are doing in my life, even though I don't understand all of them. But as I prayed with you this morning, allow that prayer to be on our hearts and minds that God, if this is not the best thing for me, I don't want it. Have you ever prayed like that? I know it was something new for me as I thought about it. Because normally I I pray to God and I want, 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 want. God, I want this. And God, I want this. God, I want this. And God, yeah, I know that it may not be the best thing for me, but God, I want it. And then there's that realization that we understand that if we pray that prayer, that God, I don't want this for me if it's not the best. How freeing is that? To say, God, I come before you. And Lord, you know of my needs and my wants and my desires. But God, I earnestly, truthfully want to say to you, Lord, if this is not the best thing for me, I don't want it. There's something freeing about that. There's something that we see in the freedom and the liberty that God wants us to have the freedom and the liberty to understand that we serve a loving God and because of that love, you and I can gain strength from it and we can honestly say, God, if this is not the best thing for me, I don't want it. Because it reflects truly the integrity of your heart and of my heart. The integrity that, God, I want something better for myself. I want you to be in my life first and foremost something that we say to God, Lord, I just 
want you to just to fill my heart with that joy that you want me to have. I want to be devoted to you in all things. I want that devotion to permeate every aspect of my life. Every aspect. And then we see within all of that, as we evaluate the relationship that we have with God, whether we are a slave, whether we are a mercenary, or whether we have the charity that God wants us to have. We recognize God for who He is in our lives, and we praise Him with everything, all of our being, everything that's within inside of ourselves. And we just look at life. We look at the wonders around us. We experience the creation that God has given us. And we just say, wow, God. And then God reminds us that in that relationship that He wants us to have that highest form of love of charity, that He wants us to be faithful in all things. And we can truly say in Psalm 23, Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our call to worship, Jesus told His disciples that He was going to prepare a place for them. He is going to prepare a place for you and for me. That whatever we are facing today, whatever we will be facing tomorrow, that in all of those things, surely goodness and mercy will be with us. And then we reflect on that whole aspect of that love that we want to have with God, the obedience that we need to have. The obedience of being a follower of God in all things. To give an understanding that we want to have to each other. That when we respond to God the way that He wants us to, we are truly validating the integrity of the heart that God wants us to have. And then we find ourselves in a very wonderful place where we truly believe God has forgiven us of the wrongs that we have done. And we find ourselves within that forgiveness, that love that God wants us to have that we never thought was possible, that charity of love, the love that is the highest love that God can have with mankind. And we enter in that relationship the way that God wants us to be in. And we see how great it truly is. Sometimes maybe it's a circumstances where you are seeing God through the creation that you have around you. Sometimes it's just closing your eyes and just thinking about God being in your life and that you are with God wherever God is. That you are with God in time, that you are with God outside of time, that you are with God in the past, that you are with God in the future. And it's something that only spiritually can you understand and obtain. Knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And it is something within our own lives that it is a challenge for us, but I think we need to take the time out every day and just to say, God... Am I on the right path with you? Am I traveling on the right road? Am I following the map that you have for me in my life? God, I want you to be my GPS. I want you to provide me the direction that I need to have. 
I want to have that integrity of heart with you, God, but also with the people that you have placed in my life. But I want what is best for others ahead of myself. And even though things within my own individual lives may be falling apart, God, I know that within my life I have that integrity of heart that you want me to have as if the next thing I do is the right thing in my life and is the right thing for someone else. And then we are truly standing with David having integrity of heart that God wants us to have. The highest form of love that we can experience in life is one in which we have total confidence in our relationship with God. Amen. Let us take a few moments and prepare our hearts for communion. And what a wonderful time communion can be for us when we truly just validate that integrity of heart that God wants us to have. Let us pray. Our gracious God, Lord, you want us to have that integrity of heart. You want us to put others ahead of ourselves. You want us to be able to say, God, how much we love you just because of the relationship that we have, not because of anything that we can get from it, not because we are in fear of you, but, Lord, because we just want to love you the same way that you have always loved us. And, God, it is impossible for us to do that unless we have your love in us. And we can only have that when we have Jesus Christ in our lives. Lord, thank you for forgiving us and loving us and giving us an opportunity again and again to have that integrity of heart open to your will for our lives. In Christ's name, amen. receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us protect together. In the same way, 
After supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together. Our closing hymn is number 230, Silent Night, Holy Night.
Coming 